Yo, what up? Counter Currents Podcast. Host numero uno, PD Steel and the motherfucker with... Hostes numero dos, Elena Torres. Oh, do you like I got fancy there? It's Elena Torres. Que for those that didn't understand what I just did, but nice to hear you guys again. And we are here with our very special guest today. Introduce yourself. My name is Bill Monahan. Yeah. Bill Monahan. Yo, this was a honest to God godsend for you to make it out here today because, uh, you know, a lot of these DC podcasts are just kind of getting the same DC people floating around. We're guilty of it too, to some yeah. degree. Yes, but I figure I'd hit up my old Baltimore plugs to see if we can make this thing fantastic. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, Bill's pointing at the air conditioner yeah, that just, just went on. Right when we started, yeah, yeah. It's just some background music. But Bill can guys. adapt. That's another reason Bill's special. He's going to talk I louder. I air conditioner at home, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're 52. You should have these nice things. Am I 52? I don't know. How old are you, Bill? I'm older than 52. Oh, you shit. Are? Wow, I was in, trying to be insulting, <laughs> and that was a compliment. Yeah. Holy and shit. It didn't work out the, right, the way you thought, did it? So. No. Fuck me. I'm older than that, yep. Yeah, but Bill, honestly, to me, is the funniest one-liner in all of Baltimore and D.C. Well, tell somebody that's booking shows that, because, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I haven't really been putting myself out there all that much these days, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, doing shows in, in Baltimore, and I'm trying to get out to the mics, but um, I've been a little lazy with the writing lately, so, you know, I know what I have works. You know, mm-hmm. For the most part, depending on the crowd, you know, some people are a little more sensitive than others. Yeah, know, with the kind of stuff that I'm doing, but uh, but really, yeah. the stuff you're doing, I mean, yeah, it is a little edgy, but it it hits so hard. I mean, like I've told some of those jokes at work, being that I've worked in a psych ward for a long time and everything, and. The psychiatrists, the nurse practitioners, the social workers, the techs, oh, all races, ages, sexes, creeds, whatever, all fucking laughed their asses off. Bill has this one fantastic joke, and I was reminded of I it the other day. No, joke. he's got a ton, but this is just my favorite and so many people's favorite. And this is a favorite. one-liner? Uh, maybe it's like a three-liner. Okay. But it's still, it's like a kind of a slapstick sort of thing where he okay. says... You know, a buddy uh, and him, or maybe you want to tell it about yeah, the yeah. biggest psychological motivator. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a bouncer, and uh, we happen to be talking about motivation. And uh, he says he thinks fear is what motivates, motivates most people. And I said, I disagree. I think it's sex. He said, you mean to tell me if a big motherfucker like me was about to throw a beating on you, you wouldn't run for your life? I said, well, yes, I would, but I'd run even faster if I thought you were going to fuck me. (laughs) 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 Thank you for laughing politely on a podcast. Yeah, Dude, that was a guffaw. That was loud because I never get tired of that joke, and I knew it was coming. I mean, that is just brilliant (laughs) writing. I was reminded of it the other day when – I was watching some Patrice video from back when. And Who, Patrice? Patrice O'Neill, and he was talking about psychological to motivators lot, yeah. and everything. What's that? People compare me to him a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the, <laughs> so the resemblance is uncanny. Yep. But you have worked. I mean, at one point in time, you did open for Jackie Martling, right? The, in oh, yeah. some respects, the king Thanks of one-liners after Henny Youngman. 
Yeah, I don't even know why he gave me that gig. He um, he did a show for you did shows for Irwin. Yeah, <laughs> once have you, have you ever one time I've done not, a show for Irwin. I, don't, I do not. Yeah, he gets weird ones, and he gets a lot of um. I mean, he's a good guy. He's always treated me well. After a while, he just, I think, kind of decided I'm too dirty for most of his shows. And Got it. He's, he's kind of right. But um, <laughs> uh, For those of us that, what are his shows? What's the crowd for his shows? Well, lately, it seems like he, he kind of goes after a little bit of an older demographic. Okay. Um, and he books like, what's, I'm s- some of the guys, uh, yeah. like, uh, I can't remember his name. Kaleidoscope Comedy. So yeah. that's his outfit. And in some respects, he's like, the John Yeager of 50-year-olds because okay. he goes out there and has these fucking five or six places that are out in, like, They're West down, Bubble Fuck. Yeah, um, like Waldorf and even past that. I forget. Yeah, the, that, that place, White Plains. The yeah, other, yeah. There's oh, another okay. White Plains in Maryland, so some people, when you say White Plains, they think you're talking, like, New York. But uh, this one is way out where, like, rural meets beach and it's like a shopping center and there's like a florist an aspca a gun shop and then this <laughs> place martinis which is oh, like yeah. a uh what you would call it like an italian get up one of those corny ones with like all the fucking owners having their face in like the goodfellas movie posters yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. shit of celebrities that have never set foot in the place all over the place i don't yeah. know if like joe pesci and robert yeah. de niro are all over the world make it look but... like the whole world comes there. Yeah, right. Richard Greco may have stopped in once Maybe. to get a Coke or something. Maybe. But, yeah, so he had Jackie Martling at this steak restaurant, which wasn't it wasn't like a Bruce Chris or anything. Is this the one in Rockville? No, this was in oh. Leonardtown, which is even further. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plain. And I said, well, I got to go see this because it had been a couple years since he had uh, fucked up and got himself fired or walked off the Stern Show or whatever he did. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, this poor bastard, you know, he had – he really had a sweet gig, you know, yeah. and he just made a what he thought was a power move or whatever. And they said, all right, see you, buddy. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I kind of went for the train wreck, you know, to see him, you know, working at a steakhouse. Right, for, right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> wouldn't wa- I mean, that sounds great. Who wouldn't want to see that? But you know what? I mean, for what for what he does. And I don't I really don't know how much of it he writes. Right. He's definitely a, a joke book, though. And he's fast. Yeah. He's, good, he's good on stage when people um People would interrupt or heckle. He was right on him. I mean, he's probably using lines he's used a thousand times. Oh, hey, yeah. That works. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you've got stuff that works but he for was, hecklers, he, that's He was fine. really, really a nice guy. I talked to him for a long time, and um, I think I, he, remember, I don't know if you ever listened to Stern. He used to do this stump the joke man thing. If you told him a joke, he, he couldn't give you the, the answer, line. right? Yeah. I stumped him with one of mine. I forget which one it was. But um, but I got a free T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but for whatever reason, and that I didn't perform that night, but he gave me a spot on some show, and it was in Jersey. I had to drive a good ways. I paid seventy five bucks, but but when I got there, there was a whole lot of people on the show. But it was a nice theater, and uh, it was very well attended. There was probably at least two hundred people there, something nice. like that. Yeah. yeah. So it was good. I didn't get any more work from him though, but. Uh, that was interesting. And other than that, yeah, um, feature at Magoobies when uh, Andrew's feeling generous or. Yeah. I mean, I'm I just a hard worked fit. for him last weekend. Did you host or middle? I host. So yeah. this was the second time I'd ever hosted Magoobies. And 
I know you and I have talked before back when I never got booked there up until about a year ago, and I'd be like, what the fuck is with hunger? I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But you would just tell me, eh, you know, just hold it, and or eventually you, it'll happen. Yeah, no, you kind of do. It's an out of sight, out of mind, because yeah, the second time, I'd heard that from other people, and I didn't believe it. I thought they were just shining me on because they were getting work, and I wasn't, right. and they didn't want me encroaching or whatever. I'm real mistrustful like that to a degree mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you in the same way yeah. I'm like yeah right yeah right yeah it's just that i have to stay in front of him it's personal uh, isn't it? right <laughs> yeah but so i went maybe two weeks back up to see umar open up for kurt metzger yeah i saw one of those yeah that was a great show yeah i thought it was too the audience the audience is there have you have you worked there yet i have not worked no. in the goobies and i have not reached out yeah we'll go up there someday i've told people to like put in a good word and stuff but i haven't gone and done it oh you gotta do like at least one thing up there a guest spot or two or i think they even with sand yeah i mean they have an open mic but but chances of getting a little bit better of an audience they have a um I don't know if it's once a month now, that thing they do that on a Thursday. That new, new talent, talent thing. thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that new talent. But I and see comics who have been doing comedy for like five years. Yeah, but they may not have that. ever worked with totally. to get in there. Totally. But I'm, not saying, I'm not saying do the contest because then you gotta got to get at least three people to come out for you. Right, right, he right. He wants you to bring five. But um, just has to do a guest spot on that or, or get somebody to refer you. Right. Say it's a friend of mine. She's a good comic. Give her a guest spot. And he he probably put you on one of those. So now can you guys refer me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not up. Th- I think it's got to be like a, a headliner. Like it w- for me, it was Sambazo and then Rob Mayer because the first okay. time I did well, but then he said, no, it's too dirty. And then really? he come back. And then I came back a year later. It was clean. I crushed. And then he said, I'll give you a weekend. And then I didn't get one until two years later. And it was out of the blue. Oh, no way. He said you were too dirty for McGoobies. I feel like McGoobies is. Oh, no, it's perfect for me. But, I, right. but you know, here's the thing. So, like. He makes a good point, and I've come to learn this through my experience with them. Um, when you're a host at a club, there's a certain contingency of people that have never been to a goddamn comedy yeah, show sure. in their life. So they show up there. They're maybe thinking, oh, it's going to be like last comic standing, <laughs> some mm-hmm. good clean fun, something for the bucket list. Totally. And then they show up there, and if the host is talking about, like, cunts and mental patients and fucking this and that and blah, 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 they might be like, oh, fuck this. This isn't what we paid $10 for or something, you know? And the idea is a host, I think, at a club should be cleaner until they get lubricated, get some drinks in them. Then the feature can come up and fucking say whatever yeah, that's, they want that's, for hosting I, I think that's totally true i've learned that the hard way given that i have a good 15 minutes right anal and asshole wax trip. yeah yeah and i've My done word. those when hosting <laughs> yeah yeah hey nice to meet you <laughs> but this is I, uh lena and bill's yeah. first date yeah yeah <laughs> hey i so like I've the done, way you think so i've done that i've done those jokes when hosting and i learned pretty quickly one should never do those jokes when hosting. People just aren't ready for that. Yet. Yeah, it depends too. I mean, in a in a club setting, and the Magoobies audiences are weird. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry, the Magoobies audiences are, are are weird in that they're older white people for the most part. They they seem like they're they're like they would be just as happy to be to be playing bingo. You know, okay. uh, I think for the white 
comics that's true. Um, mm-hmm. Now, he's had me work for Ali Sadiq both times, and it's because, you know, he said Petey could work a black room better. Mm-hmm. Like, first time, it was supposed to be Dan Marcy Gabriel, who I like very much as a comic, but, yeah. you know, he was going to host, and then I'll heard, um Andrew just told him, I think Petey could work a black room better. That's what Dan told me, and I said, well, I hate to tell you this, Dan, but he's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, that, that makes more sense to yeah. me, too. Dan, Dan's a great joke writer, and uh, people like him. Yeah, I, I think Dan's he, funny. Yeah, I think he, he would have done. I th- that'd be interesting to see, you know. Yeah, because his, cause his jokes are so solid. I mean, the I've done some black shows where the, you got one joke, you know, either that or I mean, for for you know one liners like me, you got to get them quick. And you know, if if they don't like you after your first joke, you're not gonna. It's very difficult to win them back. Right, right. They'll just start talking over you. Fuck you know? yeah. Yeah, I got pulled off. You remember a guy named Ron Canada? Whatever. He yeah, Ron me. Canada. Yeah, he booked me for one. I I, I was supposed to do 10. I did three. And oh, wow. And he just, yep, he just said, come on, get off. He paid me for the whole thing. But it was it was, it was at like a, I don't know, Kiwanis Club or something like that. People were rolling in with coolers and food. and It was like you were at a cookout, you know? So yeah. You were going to you, you struggle. So if you weren't up there doing the over-the-top delivery thing, you weren't going to get their attention. Mm. Right. So, of course, Sonny goes up there. I mean, I can't wait to watch Sonny eat his dick. No, of course not. He no. fucking killed. Crushed. Yeah. So. But he tried to make me feel bad. He said, yeah, man, last time I did one of these, I, I fucking ate it. I said, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, he yeah. he crushed it. Yeah. Sonny's a murderer and a very slept-on guy. Do you know Sonny Fuller, know Elena? Yeah, really oh, Sonny's hysterical. I mean, he just does these great... You know, race bits, these great family bits, these fucking hilarious, just, he's a kind of hardcore Essex guy. Okay. Like old school or whatever. And he, and we went, when he headlined with Goobies, me and Umar one night just yeah, went to watch him. Yeah, yep. And he had a great promo video leading up. Did you see that one? Where Andrew's on the phone or Andrew's sitting there in his office oh, and he's like, I need a yeah. yeah, he's like, I need a headliner this weekend. Who can I get? You know, and he's just like, I, I gotta call the legend, you know. And then he <laughs> and he's like, he's too edgy. He's like, fuck it. So then Sonny picks up, he's like a legend speaking. And he's like, Sonny, can you headline? He's like, what are you gonna need this weekend? He's like, I need a six pack of white tees with the nipples cut out. Yeah. Like I need a Chuck Norris cardboard cutout with him giving me the thumbs up. He's like, I'm, I need a parrot that only says racial slurs and all this shit. And then Andrew's like, you'll get none of those things, but I'll pay you to do the show. And he hangs up. He's like, asshole. Yeah. And then Sonny's like, lucrative deals. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I told Sonny, I said, lucrative deals is the new righteous bucks. Yeah. <laughs> So were you were at the one, the Kurt Mesker show with that Umar was on? Yes, I was at. That was a good show. Uh, yeah. I mean, Umar, I thought Umar had a great set, and the audience dug him. It wasn't wasn't that full, though. It was an early show, but I, I, I think there might have been 100 people, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, he said the late show was like 25. Yeah. I went to the first night on the Thursday. There weren't that many people at all. It can, it can be that way, yeah. And they were not and, there and Metzger, for Umar. <laughs> <laughs> and Metzger was definitely not. I mean, he did just fine, but he's definitely not their cup of tea. You know no, I mean? he's writing for or wrote. I guess it's already written for the Sasha Baron Cohen show. Oh, really? That's yeah, I knew he time. wrote for Amy Schumer, and I know he does a lot of writing. I didn't know he's one. Yeah, that yeah, too. he's written for that show, and apparently he's the one. He t- I forgot where I heard this. I think it was on um, Joe Rogan's podcast. 
Apparently, he told Joe Rogan that that show gets crazy. It's going to get crazier and crazier. Oh, really? Every episode. And he said even Metzger was like, the last episode for me was just totally I can't insane. wait to see him. I haven't seen any of them. I just hear people talking about him. Me too. Time, so oh, I you guys haven't seen I it? I haven't watched it. It's the first two episodes. The last episode was okay. Not as good as the ones before. But he's got this one character who's... He's all he's got prosthetics on. He's totally unrecognizable. And he's got this one character who's an Israeli ex Mossad soldier. Mm-hmm. And I guess with these like hardcore Republican Christian guys, they sure. really respect these Israeli soldiers. So he gets them to do and say the most unbelievable shit. I won't ruin it for you. Okay. He does all this. He goes to Congress. You see him walking around DC in these prosthetics. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the makeup's that good that people. It's really he's, good. he's sitting like as close as oh, you and I are. I mean, you would never and know. And they're taking him seriously. Oh, yeah. And really. like you would never know. He's got this other character who's like this ultra liberal guy who's got like a gray ponytail and he's balding in an NPR shirt. And it's just like you would never. And they do <laughs> like the nose is so different. I mean, you would never guess. Yeah. Because the acting is so good. And the prosthetics are so good. You would never know. Right. And the stuff that he gets people to say and do on camera. Right. You know, like he he interviewed Dick Cheney, and the first question he asked Dick Cheney, he goes, "What was your favorite war that you started?" <laughs> <laughs> and Dick Cheney, without even hesitating for a second, he just goes, "Oh, Desert Storm." Wow, it's crazy, and yeah. that's just like the tip of the iceberg. I, I know the that he gets people to the do. crescendo there. Do you, do you know what happened at ultimately in that that scene, where what he got Cheney to do by the end of it? No, I haven't heard that one. I only heard about the Roy Moore, of course, the guy that had to step down. Yeah. yeah. It was dancing all around. I heard, oh, Joe Arpaio saying he would blow Trump or something to that yeah, effect. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. Wow. But he got, he got Cheney to sign a waterboard. Yeah, his waterboarding <laughs> kit. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> to autograph his waterboard. <laughs> yep. Wow. That sort of reminds me, my friend Max Blumenthal who's a big journalist, went up to CPAC about 12 years ago, and he was doing an expose, and he tried to get Michelle Malkin to sign a picture of Japanese internment people at uh, Manzanar because she had written some book in defense of Manzanar, like a conservative asshole book, you know, and she was furious when he put that in her lap and said, I support a sophisticated double-sided debate and whatever you know and i issued a rata and then he just was like did you learn anything about journalism malkin you know and she just drops the book and then just takes off from the fucking stand and left this whole line of like other conservative assholes that were waiting right. to get their books signed <laughs> oh wow mm-hmm. he blew up the whole signing huh he did it to a few people and he embarrassed and coulter that weekend it's on youtube it's pretty good awesome. i thought she was pretty unflappable <laughs> no, and Colter, she just yeah, yeah, yeah she's she just kind of charges oh, straight ahead. You oh, know? she'll take it, and people booed him. But I mean, factually, there was nothing she could argue with because she was giving the keynote, and mm-hmm. he just stands up and he's you know during the Q and A and says, "And I really like the uh, section on the Defense of Marriage Act in your new book. Um, I wondered why you were so impassioned about that subject, considering you have three." broken engagements and all this stuff you know oh, and no then, yeah then she's like well I thank you for respecting my privacy she's like there's a liberal good looking fella too <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he's like Max Blumenthal the nation thank you for the compliment <laughs> just walks off wow yeah. I love that 
Yeah, you got to be kind of fearless to do those kind of interviews. But it always looks like so much fun to me. Like whenever Sasha Baron Cohen, even from when he started doing Ali G and I was like in middle school. Mm -hmm. I was like, God, that looks so fun. Yeah. Just to fuck with people. Were you just in middle school when that came out? But remember, I saw it. I was also in other countries in middle school. Right. So Ali G was out for a long time before, before it went, that. Before right. it went to HBO, like it was on the BBC, and like I remember, he Ali G hosted like the MTV Europe Music Awards or something yeah, when I, I was like late that. middle school, early high school. Like that, like that, he was doing that for a long time before. Yeah, he had he a motion here. picture before or that Ali G in the house before yeah, his yeah, show right. even that's came. Right, whatever. That's right. That's right. Hmm. That was kind of silly, but that show, wow! Yeah, I was—I just finished college, and I mean that had its effect too. There was like a con or a um, congressional candidate in Alabama or some southern state. It's running on the Republican ticket, and he basically went in his Borat and said, "Oh, you Christian man, you a very big harumph. you know." And he says, "So what do you say in the country of the Jew? What do you say to the Jew?" You know, he's like, "Well, you know, it's like God's commandment to love all people, or somebody like yes, But what happened to the Jew after death or something? You know?" And the guy basically says, "Like, well, they go to hell." And <laughs> Well, everybody and just that. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and just sank his fucking bid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at any rate, hmm. he's pretty amazing, and I'm glad he's still around. I I look forward to watching all of those. I don't think I'm gonna binge watch them. I think I'm gonna savor each one this time. Yeah. 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 I'll have to buy a, a subscription or just wait till it hits YouTube myself. But yeah. yeah. Well, here's here's a life hack for mm. you guys and for all people out there. You can. Buy. I'm using quotation marks with my fingers. Uh, Showtime, and they give you the first 30 days free trial. Okay. And then, and then once quit. you have the 30 days free trial, you quit it. So wait till all the shows so are up. Exactly. Watch them all in 30 days. Exactly. Yeah. And then quit it. It's what I did for I that Cobra Kai. I, no, I, I don't think I'd be able to sleep at night if I did something like that. You're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bill. Um, hmm. It's been interesting kind of seeing your involvement as comedy. As sparse as you say it has been and as much as you say you haven't been putting yourself out there, you turn up in the damnedest of places. So, like, granted, it's always Baltimore, so I guess it's not that That's too. That's damned place. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually famous for being a damned place. Yeah, quote the Raven. But um, that said... Even within the confines of Baltimore, I'll see you like at the Wits End premiere for Mike Finazzo and you're up there on the silver screen. And I got to tell yeah. you, and I told Finazzo this, we recorded an episode of my old, old podcast when that, like the night after the premiere. And how fantastic you were. I thought you had the best role in that entire film you played. Yeah, I've got a lot of work since then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's the only, I was surprised that he asked me. Um, and it was, it really, I don't know, I didn't know what to expect. That was my first time doing that, too. Kind of like, right. this is my first time doing, doing a, podcast. a podcast. But, um, yeah, Mike, he had kind of a, some beats that he wanted you to hit. But he didn't really have a word-for-word script. He just kind of said, here's what's going on, and, you know, see what you can do with it. And it was basically, I mean, you saw the movie, right? So mm-hmm. Jason's. Or what was his name? Yeah, his name was Jason Barnes. Jason but, but Barnes. But he was all guilty because he was out taking a shitty gig somewhere and his wife died while he was on the road. 
you know, making oh, okay. $300 somewhere or whatever. <coughs> and I'm his father, and I'm consoling him. So, yeah, it was real somber, and, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't that hard to, I don't know. I, it didn't take that long, and Mike just would, he'd say, well, he'd make suggestions, but, I mean, we did it in, I don't know, one afternoon, maybe a, maybe a couple hours. Not that one. We weren't doing that whole scene for for two hours or whatever. Oh, really? That's for a movie. That's actually extremely fast. For yeah, a it movie. wasn't. It wasn't that long. I mean, I forget we had to do. Maybe that scene. W- yeah, it's that whole thing we probably did in like forty five minutes or something. And there was That's a couple impressive. other scenes I was in where he had to do setups, and I went and got lunch and came back, and I was just like standing around at a wedding scene or something like that. But right. at first, I was like, yeah, that was kind of fun. I'd you know like to try that again, I guess, but. I'm not going to go to acting school or get any. I'm not, you know. But you're I so know natural. Go about it, you were you know? good, Bill. You played like a solemn, somber, but like. Yeah. I'm looking for a word here. You know a lot of words. Yeah. You do know a lot of words. I'm you're surprised walking, you're looking for one. Thank walking you. Walking thesaurus. Um, right. you, were, you were just a source of good counsel in that movie. And the countenance was perfect. It just looked like natural dad stuff in a right. way and he looked exactly like me as my son yes as yeah. a curiously white uh son which he <laughs> never explained that yeah my jason weems dad, jason <laughs> jason weems is my son jason weems is your son yeah oh that's yeah. that's you see the resemblance right yeah totally yeah. totally except for the glasses you know what's funny about about yeah. jason um he when he was first getting started we had this shitty little room called penguins over in arbutus um <laughs> and it was it was really a seedy freaking place but we, oh we everywhere in arbutus is seedy yeah that that's where i'm working these days working for are you yeah for kim's family oh you did say that driving, okay yeah yeah stiffs around yeah, yeah my career's funeral going, my career's going well but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah you should hear some of the conversations that go on in that place oh my god i'm but sure it's insane some of it yeah, I've never heard her do it's any material about it, and she grew up in I've heard a her fucking mention funeral it a couple home. Times. She still hasn't popped that kid out yet. Are you serious? She, she got married, I guess, two weeks ago. She couldn't put the wedding ring on because her fingers are still so swollen. Yeah, I think she had to wear slippers because she couldn't get you know any shoes on. Right, right. You know, because her feet are all swollen. Yeah, she texted me the other day, and yeah, she's still. Still trying to talk to the stomach's the size of like a fairground melon. Yeah. Uh, She did a show. uh, She did one of the shit shows about a month ago. And she looked like she could have gone in the middle of the show, you know? Oh, wow. I think she was just How did it go? It went good. Yeah? Yeah, she did. She did a um, headline spot because I guess she figured. I think what she told me, she wanted to get it recorded, do a half hour, get it all recorded because she's not sure. When she's going to be doing stand-up again. Right, right. You, you never know how that's going to go once you're a mommy, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyways, what was my point? Oh, yeah, in uh, Arbutus. Yeah, so this place was a dive. And Weems used to come down. And this is when he first started. And he was he was pretty much to himself. I mean, he would come in. He usually have a, a buddy with him. And he'd do a set. He'd always record it every time. He'd have a little. Uh, it was before your phones could record everything. What he'd, year was this? A little <laughs> um shit probably like maybe 2000 something like that wow maybe 2000 no it's 18 i'm sorry 2010 because 2018 2010 
maybe a little bit sooner than that, like maybe 2008. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, probably about 10 years ago because I'd been at it for a minute. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't. E- I hadn't even done anything but open mics at that point. Wow. So, yeah, maybe yeah, probably about 2000, maybe 2007 because I started in 2006, I think. But um, anyways, the point is he um, he record a set every time and he'd take off and then you just start started to hear like oh jason's you know getting hosting spots at the improv and i'm like he just started doing comedy a minute ago you know what i mean mm-hmm. and next thing you know yeah he just he he was i i think he was first just hosting i guess that's what everybody does right that's what makes sense sure i think he was hosting for like john witherspoon or somebody like that mm-hmm. i don't know if that's his first show or not i know he's worked with him before but in any event he just took off like that oh yeah and it was hard to really see i mean we knew he was good but it was just you know how when it's just us performing for each other and there's hardly right. any real audience there right. you don't really see how he how he goes over in a in a crowd you know with a well crowd, it's also i crowd. think when you're around people all the time you've kind that are especially if it's a few people and everybody's pretty good mm-hmm you kind of don't realize how good a certain crowd is. Right. Like I, that's what I noticed with DC comedy in general. Mm-hmm. That I'll go to other cities and go to a mic or something, and I'm like, "Wow, we are so much better." And oh I'm like, really? Yeah, and I'm like, "Am I crazy that?" First, I, I was like, "Am I crazy that I just think that people around me are better? Is it just because I'm more emotionally invested in them because I see them every day?" Yeah. And then it started happening more, and I was like, "No, we're just." This better. is true. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he got good really quick, and he's, you know. I, I don't know, man. I don't know how this business works. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like if you were going based on talent, I mean, I could see him being as successful as anybody. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who gets the breaks and, and who doesn't, you know. I, I Or what you're going out for, too. I mean, <coughs> shit, Rory Scovel just mm-hmm. co-starred with Amy Schumer. Sure. You okay. know? And it's not like he's, you know, wow, how did he get that? You know how he got it. He's fucking brilliant. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But, um you know, there's when you stop and think about it, there's a lot of guys and a lot of. I'm trying to think of any female comics that have. Well, Aparna, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hear Aparna on the radio all the time. Um, and she, I think she was writing for one of the late night shows, wasn't she? I have no idea. I know I, I saw know. her on Conan. Well, she just got a half hour on Netflix. Did she? She's on the stand-ups. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I think I did. I think I actually watched that too. I watched so much stuff, and then Stavros and the. Mm-hmm. And Nick with the company. Oh, they're they're doing a live one tonight in Baltimore. Matter oh, fact, really? Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm probably going to stop by over there. What, which place in Baltimore? Auto Bar, where Mike does the shit oh, show. Oh, okay. But I think they're doing it downstairs. Oh, nice. But um, yeah, those guys are making some money off that thing. Oh, too. they're making a oh, shitload of money. Yeah. It said something like two hundred fifty thousand a year for. I heard all their Patreon I heard they make, like, shit. Like about thirty k a month is what I heard. Yeah. And then I saw. Nick on uh, uh, Jim and Sam, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts, mm-hmm. and they, it, they, he was just flat out talking about it, you know, and, and that was right. He was confirming what they're saying about. I think he said about thirty k a month, mm-hmm. and um, he says I keep half of it because I produce a show, and then the other, the rest of it gets split with Stav and uh, Friedland. I forget the other guy, yeah, Adam Friedland, yeah. So, anyways. Wow, so good for them. I had mm-hmm. no idea it was so successful. Good. Yeah, and, and I don't think they have any advertising, so I think it's all... Uh, it's all premium content. Right. Wow. Yeah. Subscription or Patreon or yeah. mm-hmm. some of that stuff. I don't really know that much about it. But who else? Seton? Yeah. Seton, I heard Seton on Bennington show the other day mm-hmm. with Liz Mealy, and I think he's 
I forget what he was promoting. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of good people that come out of here. But Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you were saying different cities, and I've never really done. I, I did I did a show or two in Portland, Oregon a long time ago, but I not I wasn't out there long enough to really get a sense right. of it. Actually, I did a show with uh, Ron Funches. Uh-huh. I was like, I remember being on I said, man, I remember that dude when, when I started seeing him coming around. So I, yeah, he was on a mic I was at at the Aladdin Theater and wherever the hell it was. So it was before <laughs> he got famous. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, you'll never forget, if nothing else, his laugh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I know that dude. Well, I don't know him, but I knew I was on that show. Anyways, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people talk about the difference between D.C. and Baltimore comics. Mm-hmm. Some people say D.C. comics are better, Baltimore comics are better. I, I don't know if that's universally true, but I think of the... The good DC comics, I think there's, I think there's more of them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's certainly more comics in general in DC, right? At yeah. ver- varying degrees, but the good DC comics are are really good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I don't think there's as many really good comics in Baltimore, but I, I think it's just because there's not as many. Yeah, you know I mean? but there's some standout guys in Baltimore yeah. for yeah, there's some many I've seen years. Some people who have, who are really great, mm-hmm. but I mean, like in Baltimore. You know, Umar's from there, but mm-hmm. he kind of came here to to really get good, don't you think? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because Umar's a good friend of mine, and like, you know, as recent as like a year and a half ago, we were talking, as we always like to kind of shit on comedy when we're mm-hmm. in sort of a bad mood or whatever together, <laughs> this or that, fuck this, fuck punching up, fuck all that, la 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 la. But... He, you know, he'll say to me, yeah, I don't have the goods. I don't have what it takes. I think I'm probably going to stop some point soon. Who gives a fuck? And the next thing you know, like in literally within a week, I'll see he's booked on something at the improv or like the big hunter mm-hmm. for like a paid thing or like other shit. You know, he'll get extra things. He opened for one of the come down things, I think, up in Philly and everything. Oh, did he? So that's it, right, because him and Stav used to. I think they had, they had that soup. No, they had that show, that super comedy thing or oh, whatever. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think those guys shit on him too on their show. Oh, do they? Somebody was telling me that yeah, that they were surprised that because uh, they shit they shit on a lot of people. Yeah, on that podcast. Yeah, they do. And I don't know, I didn't hear it, so I don't know how serious it was. But that was just shit on people like how like just talk about how bad at comedy they are is it like yeah. all in good fun or is it just straight no. up like shit talking people it can be shit talking mm-hmm. i mean that's cool but i mean <laughs> like i mean how hard is it to pick on i even i don't even want to say his name yeah everybody picks on i show. know what you're talking about but because i saw a thing of them doing it on youtube and right. everything and i make fun of this guy too not because it's easy but just because i actually theoretically think there's something intriguing about this person's psychology that he's still doing comedy yeah yeah so on he has no sense of you want to talk about self-aware at all yeah no i've never seen him do well and he bombs every single time and he's been doing it longer than me and he's he comes he's shot out of a cannon every time and he stinks every time yeah and doesn't even notice it yeah yeah you don't even smell himself yeah. It's unbelievable. Like to me, that's Doesn't what's so yeah, <laughs> it's so entertaining yeah. about the whole thing. Mm. But yeah, no, nah, I don't. I mean, I don't really listen to their podcast, so I wouldn't know. I don't listen to it a lot, but I I've listened to it a bit, and it's it's usually pretty good. Yeah, especially. I mean, 
I mean, Staub definitely contributes, mm-hmm. but he his cackle on that thing. Oh my god! Yeah. You know what's, you know what's funny? Grating. I mean, you know, how, you know how he he laughs so much, anyways. Mm-hmm. Listen to it. Uh, do you do you know who I'm talking about at all? The Stav- person that you're talking. Stavros. Oh, Stavros. I've seen him perform before. Right. But I and I've met him in passing. So he laughs. He laughs before I started. He laughs a lot. He's a good. He's a good laugher. You know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's funny when I listen to old tapes of mine. I can tell. Hey, Stavros was there that night. You know. But um, but anyways, if you, you know how sometimes you'll put your podcast on double speed just to to get through it. Yes, for sure. That laugh is crazy on double speed. So mm. treat yourself to that. <laughs> <someday>. <laughs> You know? It's like fucking playing <laughs> Judas Priest backward or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, but, uh, you know, but the thing uh, what we were saying about Umar, what I was saying about him is that I've kind of have that similar approach when I'm not caring as much about comedy. I mm-hmm. just do it or whatever. Like good shit starts to happen. It just yeah. kind of falls. Things fall in my lap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't expect me to go like to the fucking, uh, you know. Apollo one day or any right. kind of huge thing or yeah, tonight I, show. I, but I still love fucking doing it. I'll yeah, like, go if I you just want. I like having me. a good set, yeah. Yeah. As long as it, it doesn't cost me an arm and a leg to, to get somewhere. Right. I don't mind working for free, you know. But, but then some people get like, oh, I got to get paid every time. And I, I get it. But, I mean, you don't want people to, that are. You don't want people making money and not paying you. That's for sure. Right. No, fuck that. Right. But but the question I always ask with that, because this is something that happens in entertainment a lot, like, mm-hmm. do you take the pay cut or not pay if the exposure is really good? Like, this happens in television all the time. Like, yeah, but for me, it doesn't matter because what exposure am I going to get? You know, mm-hmm. where, where the fuck am I going, you know? I just want to have a good set, you know? Right. I mean, I don't write enough to do anything with it anyway. So somebody came to me and said, that's fantastic. We, we want to, I don't know, book Get you for, you for a you series. Come write for our show or whatever. I'd be like, uh, I'm not uh, the most productive writer in the world. So, Do you think Bill Monahan would step it up if he got a fucking deal like that? I don't know. I, I certainly could devote more energy to it, that's for sure. Because, I mean, I don't know. When you write, do you sit down and try to write, go, look, I'm setting aside an hour, and we're I've gonna tried that. I don't fucking do that. That's doesn't, never doesn't, been my. I don't process. know anybody that works like that. Other no, than I don't. I don't do that. I mean, I write for my day job, and I mean, what I do is I give myself deadlines. I also get deadlines from work, mm-hmm. but it'll end up all happening the two days before, mm-hmm. or you're, you know, like I'll do some planning beforehand, right. but. At the end of the day, I, that's why I think writing, you get deadlines. Because at some point, it's like, you got to get it done by X day. How you do that But you know what you're writing about, you. too. Uh, to a point. Like what, I work what kind for, of writing is it? I work for a, um, it's like a writer's agency slash production company out mm-hmm. of Mexico City. Because that's where I used to live before I moved here. And I have to deliver them at least one movie a year. Hmm. And that movie has to get done by... October. Oh, okay, so it is a creative thing. So it's not I can choose, you know, and that's it has to be one original product per year, plus all the things that they tell us to write. Oh, well. So right now I'm working on a movie that I have to have done. I'm trying to get it done earlier. I'm trying to get it done by mid-September. Well. And, you know, I've had that idea for a while, but that's totally, it's a totally creative original that's thing. That yeah, de- for me personally, deadlines really work. And I'll write sometimes in my calendar you know, I'll be like, I'll set aside hours for writing because I've already planned out what I'm going to write. And like 50% of the time I end up. Right, right. And 50% of the time I'll do it 
in those time slots and then 50% of the time I'll be on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah, for one liners, that's, I mean, it's insane. It's like I went to go see Anthony Jeselnik a few months ago. One hour. And his jokes are like, they're all one liners. One hour. I'm like, how do you even remember? That many jokes yeah. for an hour. Right. I mean, if you have bits, like I, me- I remember I was doing a show at the library one time, and I was doing a show at the library one time, and I was doing a show at the library one time, and I was doing a show at the library one time, and I was doing a show at the library one time, and I was doing a show at Well, I think with writing, you kind of you kind of go through through phases, you know, sort of. It's like any artist, like you go through periods of certain things that are inspired. Like one thing I noticed with that Anthony Jeselnik show is that it was a bunch of one-liners, but they were within themes. You know, like it's Anthony Jeselnik, right? So he had like fifteen, twenty minutes of dead baby jokes. You know, right, right. But I think you know maybe with one-liners, I was like, that's a way to go to get inspired. Like you're like, okay, I'm gonna write, you know. 20 minutes on my on jokes about my mom you know right 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 totally Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, sometimes where I freak with timings and shows, because I'm, they, I plan my closer very intensely because I have two jokes that I like to close on that if they're just like mm-hmm. really cute little punches and that's it and sometimes you'll get more time mm-hmm. so they'll so I won't get lit and I'm like looking for the light I'm like I, th- I know I'm at about seven now right. do I tell my because after my closer everything's not going to seem as cool right yeah. so I'm just like waiting so I've definitely like screwed up sometimes yeah. if I get more time because yeah, I'll do yeah. my closer too early yeah, I, I'm like, you know what? I don't know how much time I have left, but I know how many more jokes I have left. And right. Here yeah. they come, you know? Right. Uh, whatever I'll just cut out. it short yeah. and end on a bang. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that's a smart thing to do at the end you of the day. Just, just, you know what? If you haven't, better short and sweet and have them wanting it's more. It's funny watching somebody get greedy, though. Yeah. When they hit a big one and they should have left. Yeah. But then they hang around and yes. then. Yes. I've done that. Yeah, I did yeah. that for a couple of my jokes for, like, 
month. Yeah, yeah. And Randolph had to keep telling me, you got to cut that shit there and exit. Right. Randolph yeah. is the best. Yeah. Advice. Oh, yeah. To him to I wouldn't know. He doesn't, he doesn't talk to me. Oh, he's the no. greatest. Two weeks yeah. ago, I... You got to come around more. Yeah, yeah. You got to be I, here. I, I know him. He knows me. Oh. We, we're, I mean... Okay. Yeah. It's funny. I, I, I think I introduced myself to him one time. Because I didn't know if he really knew me or not. Because, you know, there's always a whole bunch of people around. I said, yeah, man, I've been doing it for a little while. I said, I, you know, I've seen you around. He goes, I know who you are. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> and yeah, that was, that, that that was like the end of the conversation. Yeah. I said, okay, gotcha. Yep. <laughs> we were here. No, he's the best. He's the best. Like, a couple weeks ago, I had a set here where I should have done better. And, you know, it's something that I'm working on now, too. He was like, listen, if you have something planned. Because I had a plan, and I was just sticking to my plan, even though – they weren't feeling it. Wasn't it wasn't going that way. And yeah. he was like, sometimes you got to throw your plan away and start doing something else in the middle and acknowledge that they don't like your plan. They yeah. really say, like, you didn't like my plan. Like, okay, you guys don't like that, so let's steer this boat in a different direction. I haven't seen him perform in a while, but, yeah, he doesn't seem to be – I mean, he definitely gets to material, but he doesn't rush it, and he definitely no. feels the room out. Mm-hmm. And he's real good at that, too. I haven't seen Tim in a while, but I think he's pretty good at that, too. If I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent at crowd work. The funniest yeah. thing, though, is like the way Randolph will just straight up tell you, like he did this to Jack Coleman a couple times, where he'd say, You need to cut this off there and do this or something. And Jack would be like, And then he'd go and do it, and it would work. And he'd run up and be like, Wow, that's pretty good <laughs> advice. And Randolph would be like, I know it is. Cool. I, I would love to have seen that. Yeah. I don't know Jack very well. I know who he is. Yo, you should come do Capital Laughs Rooms. Uh, How often do you come great. into D.C., Bill? Not much, right? Not lately. I used to do RFD. Yeah, that RFD was my favorite was one to do. And um, I did a couple Capital Laughs. I did one, the one in Addis Morgan. Was it? Ta- Town Tavern. Town yeah. Tavern. Wasn't, wasn't a whole lot of folks that night. It's been getting, this whole year, it's been, it's getting, been getting better. really good. Parking yeah. is kind of fun up there, too. <laughs> <laughs> Always has been. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be fucking on that street, and it was slanted along 18th Street, and people would get out there early in the night, set up their ghetto blaster, and just have a crew of guys sitting around ready to start fights and shit. Oh, no way. Yeah. Recently? No, this is like talk about 10 years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. So then finally, I think that's part of why they fucking took that away and then put a big median in the middle of it to oh, make really? it more regulated because oh, there's really? too much drama. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think it's busy down there. There's been different mics in Adams Morgan. They move around down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. been a whole bunch down yeah, there. Yeah, last years. Friday I just spent, I was, I was there all night. Oh, really? Comedy. Yeah. Well, me and Adrian Rodney have the Black Squirrel every yeah, last Wednesday. You've can't, you've come and done that, right? I haven't done it yet, no. We talk about it every time I see you, but God I've never done it. damn it. All right, well, we're going to have you do it. No, you did you did me and Reggie's thing. Don't block the box. Right. That right. was fun. Yeah, now I'll have you up there at... Um, black squirrel and we moved it upstairs we had a nice little packed basement thing but then it got to be oh, too really? big so we have a big upstairs oh, I didn't know that you guys moved in. yeah oh how long has it been like that just one show oh cool yeah cool. we had our first one there a couple weeks ago it was fantastic so, cool. but you run that as a book show right yeah the book show yeah anymore i mean if i'm gonna produce something i don't want any open mics i want to pay everybody i did and both. I want money I, I mean i i didn't do it for very long 
but about a year ago I did both. I you, you did the one down in Smyrna Park, the tap house. Yes, that tap thing. that trailer bar kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, and that was okay for for a little bit. But um, there was this really hot chick there that night that looked to be about 35, and she DM'd me the next day asking. She was a writer. She She wanted me to, like, do an interview about something for the paper there, but I was like, fuck no. No? Nah, because I didn't take it as anything but professional. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't believe this is being said out loud. (laughs) Just the fact that you refer to her as some really hot chick. Yeah, oh, men don't think it's like fine. that at all. Yeah, yeah, no. You're not allowed to say it into a microphone anymore. Well, yeah. it was a very, very. This is when I'm going to get my fishing run out and reel you in. This ah, is what Pete brought me. This on is the what I brought her. To do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was a very small publication and everything. It was cool, but mm. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and then I used to do like an email <laughs> sign up for the. Uh, you did? Did you do the judges bench one? In yeah, Park? that's the one I think i was talking about right that was like that no. one floor bar no the judge's bench was it was almost like you were in a little tree fort or something it was way up top of the this little bar at the top of the hill in ellicott city it only held like literally i think the fire marshal said like 33 people or something that's great for comedy yeah small you would have thought like it, it was some, oh, nights, really were, some nights were great some nights weren't if you got too many people in there it was just there's just one of the people, people right. up and down the stairs, and then the owners would freak out, and oh, right, right. and the kitchen was right there, and the, <laughs> the chick would walk out of the kitchen, and just be like, cheeseburger, like right in the middle of your <laughs> <set>. Oh my <laughs> god, with with no apologies whatsoever, just wow. interrupt. What was right. the one in Crownsville across from like the old asylum and everything? Oh yeah, 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 that was Laura's. We only did one of those. That was the only one. You only did one, yeah. because oh, wow. they they didn't. They were like, it was fine, but we didn't get enough people out. Right. And they were like, well, that, that guy, I know the guy that manages the place. He's like, well, if somebody else wants to babysit it, you can get somebody else to do it. He said, but I'm not coming for it. You know, I, said, right. <laughs> I feel like I've learned. I've also produced both. Like I did private apartment shows where everybody got paid. And then I did a show with Capital Laughs with Jack. We produced at this bar called Driftwood on H Street that ended up closing down. But I feel like from producing mics i learned a ton like you see a lot of comics that you wouldn't normally be watching because you're sort of doing your own thing and yeah. you start to watch people improve and i feel like i really got a better sense yeah there was a little bit of, of that. especially like newer comics i got a better sense of who i didn't really like the open mic as much as doing the book thing right but um but then you feel like a dick for not because there's people, some, there's some people that you like, but you don't really like them as comics so much. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's the opposite as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's, and it's not like it's some big honor to be on my shitty little show. But at the same time, it's kind of an honor. It's totally, no, no. it's always an honor. It's always to be on nice a show, to be though. asked. Yeah, yeah. You know what? There's there's some long running shows in Baltimore that that I'm like, wow, man, what do we got to do? You know? And, but right. I, but I don't say anything because it's fe- I feel like. I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? If uh, obviously they know who I am, right? If they don't like me, they don't like me. You know. So. Yeah, I think that, a lot of it. Fine. I think a lot of it is. I've, I'm less and less ashamed. I've never been that ashamed, just because I've also been writing, writing, and acting my whole life, and you mm. just have to bother people. Yeah. All okay. the time. So I'm not that worried about the it. more I do, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Well, I mean, that's what I'm it feels not, like. Yeah, that's yeah. what it feels like, and, the, and it's not necessarily like that for the person that you're quote unquote bothering. Mm-hmm. But it feels like you're like, hey, pick me. Oh, hey, yeah. do you mind picking me? Hey, sorry to bother you. Could you pick me? Or if you, you know, show yeah, up at all their stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. 
It's like, wow, this Bill's been coming to every fucking show I do lately. It's like, yeah, you get the hint, mm-hmm. asshole. Yeah. But it's kind of like the out of sight, out of mind thing. Like yeah. kind of, you got to be in front of people. It's yeah. what I did with Unger last two weeks. I went up there, just was like, yo, how you doing? You know, hey, what about if I hosted for that guy last year? How about this year? Oh, they're bringing people. Oh, okay, well, keep me in mind. Oh, we'll do. Next week, get an email. So you just got a Bam. pretty, pretty uh, big, serious day gig, right? Yeah. So you ain't going nowhere. Not going no fucking place. Right. Oh, Petey is as very as passionate about this. He is not leaving DC. DC, nope. Right. There's no reason. I, yeah. There's money here supplementally for comedy, you know what I mean? And you can do it all over here. I've worked with some great people. I've met the best. I've wowed anybody. I can look any comic in the eye and be like, what up? I don't give a fuck. I mean, I, yeah. as long as I have my money piece of property here whatever and i don't fuck up and have kids or anything like don't fuck up and have kids <laughs> everything's gonna be just dandy yeah um yeah i don't have any plans to go to ny or, or yeah. la or any of that yeah we've had long discussions about this yeah i think it's kind of tough up there you know i mean yeah. it's, it's hard to get spots and you're you're definitely i think i don't know if nick is still living where he was before, but he was living in Chinatown in like a spare room in a in a, a tenement for for three hundred bucks or something like yeah. that. Yeah, he was living in a goddamn tenement. Yeah. It, it was like illegal, you yeah. know. It was like a, a chop shop with like Chinese people that were just going in and working like migrant jobs or whatever, yeah. and then they would get moved out, move new ones would move in or whatever. He paid two hundred a month, and he'd say like. Fuck, you know, I think I got bed bugs, but then again, how do I get that if I sleep on a piece of plywood? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh he's God. a stitch, but. Yeah, I don't think uh, any of those guys are living luxuriously, but I don't know. They've got some money coming in now, so. Day, why not? Yeah, yeah, I, I guess they probably stepped it up since those days. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, it seems like it'd be a hard. I don't know, man. I know a few people that have gone up there and, and come back, too. You know Damo, right? Yeah, I love Damo. He He's was, I, he, I he hated the it day. there. He, yeah, he hated it. I ran into him when he was up there. I remember uh-huh. he went and said, I got to take this dice roll. And then I saw him up there, hung out or whatever. And he just was kind of like, I could tell right away he wasn't taking it like serious. Like he would only go a, a couple nights a week. And then he just kind of fell back into living a normal life you know he didn't have that like <laughs> being blasted 24 i don't know if he drinks like that all the time every time i see him he's very lubricated yeah i'm no one to talk but yeah i ran into him the other day and wow yeah oh oh Damo i don't, was partying. i haven't seen him for a couple years this is like 2015 and i remember him being up there and i saw him at the comic strip he did his things dope but the thing with Damo, I could just tell based upon where he was at there versus, you know, when he was gearing up to go, that he got up there and was like, I'm 35 or whatever he was at the time, you know. Like I don't give a fuck anymore. I, and I'm kind of like that, too. I'm like, I don't have that 20-something-year-old energy where I'm going to go and 
jump in every single night to yeah. a spot for five minutes. I'm not going to kiss somebody's fucking ass to get in their stupid show with the same ten people every week, right. you know, like, fuck y'all. And yep. I'm not going to hang out with people I don't like. That's the other thing, like, just yeah. to be like, oh, yeah, hey, hey, let's rub elbows. That's How'd you get exhausting. on this? I don't, I don't do that shit. That's so funny when you talk to Quinlan about stuff like that. Yeah. He, he's like, he's just standing fucking asshole yeah <laughs> well i mean he doesn't name any names you mm-hmm. know but uh yeah just in general i think he yeah he doesn't have much patience for for most well <laughs> for most people in general right well right. that's why I'm, i lived with quinlan briefly when yeah, i was yeah. up there nursing school right briefly before i saw yeah, oh yeah me, to do comedy about that last down night, here yeah. and honestly um yeah i think that's why he and i get along as well as we do we kind of just don't He's a good dude. He's a great guy. He's always been real good to me. You see these things in your life. You go through some turmoil here, there, and certain things like that, you know, used to get to me, you know, try to fit in or be part of the in crowd or whatever. It, it don't phase me anymore. No. Yeah, I, yeah I, know, I know what that. It's not the, I mean, the whole, you and I have talked about this, Petey, but the whole scene that is comedy yeah. is the social scene, as it were, is just complete bullshit. It's just yeah. high school click. It's just yeah. such bullshit. Shit, yeah. I think, and I think, you know, really, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but as long as you get spots and you do really well on stage, like, as long as you're killing it comedically, yeah. you'll be fine. You'll you get work. You out to get on shows, and <coughs> if people yeah. are, if it's some bullshit where you have to hang out to get on the shows, well, fuck that. And that's, do other that's shows another and reason I don't come shows. up here, because, yeah, I don't, I don't know people, I don't know as many people up here. Right. So, I'm the old guy that nobody knows who's going to get to go 24th. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, when I would do the draft house shows, uh, you know, sometimes they would make me go pretty late. And sometimes I would only get, you know, three minutes or four minutes or something like that. But, well, the first time I did it, they put me up second. So, well, actually, that was you. Yeah. Because they came to you and said, can he go second? And I said, like fuck it? yeah, you can. Yeah, and I had a really good set. So, then I was thinking, all right, that was the first time I'd done it. I'm thinking, all right, well, yeah, you know, I, I get good spots up here, but no, not every time. Yeah. <laughs> but some of the other mics I go to, it's like, yeah, I can't stay here till 1230 on a know, work night yeah. for the nobody. You know, bottom line that's, is that's tough. I've done a lot uh, of that. I focus on doing the work of the yeah. comedy, the nuts and fucking bolts. Right. Yeah. I don't treat these little clicks like they're goddamn cartels. But or, you can see that you're wasting your time, too. You know what I mean? If, if it if it is a waste of time, there's no point in doing work for for nobody. Right. There's no point in staying out till right. all hours of the morning no. to perform for five other comics. Yeah. No. Right. So you, you avoid. Know. I mean, there are certain shows or outfits or whatever that are more like that. So you just avoid. You f- have to navigate you avoid all that. that. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. You have to navigate through all mm-hmm. that. And you and you know you make allies and you figure out you know like a great thing about Randolph and Andy who do the mic here they watch people. Yeah. yeah, and they actually watch and see if you do well or if you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of producers that don't. Yeah, yeah. and they'll tell you too if you yeah. ask them, "Am I doing this right or is this fucked up? Do I have a shot?" You can even ask Randolph, "Am I good enough to do comedy?" He will flat out tell you no yeah. if you're not. Yeah. Like that's amazing yeah. to yeah. me. Yeah. You don't see enough people that say that because I do believe too. You can get. Better if you have something as a comic, but if you got nothing, you're wasting your fucking time. It's like athleticism or something or like brains at a certain level of like 
mathematical genius, all those fucking dorks at MIT. You think you're ever going to read your way into being a fucking quantum physicist? No way. No, yeah, like, like comedy's a lot like that. Like, you have to train, and you have to keep doing it, but it all starts with natural ability. Yeah. And you kind of, you, I mean, you know if you have the natural ability yeah. when you start or don't. And that doesn't mean that, like, you never have a bad set. Right. At all. I mean, some of the greatest comics have bad sets for weeks at a time, months at a time. There are things to practice and master. but Absolutely. If, but, you know, if you ain't got no legs, you ain't dancing. Sorry. You know what, though? And I'm, I'm wondering because the last last few sets that I've had, I've star- I'm starting to notice. Well, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know if you know how everybody's so sensitive about everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to wonder if, you know, what I do is just going to kind of become a a dinosaur, you know what I mean? Or if, it, or if I'm just no. going to have to get super lucky and just have the right crowd every time because, yeah, a lot of times it's... Uh, I don't I'll, think so. I no. mean, I'll hear like three guys laughing because they're laughing because I'm upsetting everybody else, you know, and I'm not trying to do that. I don't think so, and here's why. And I'll give you an example about you specifically. I remember sitting at RFD one night and Val Paschal was watching. And Val's a friend of mine. And Val, you know, we and her talk comedy, whatever. And she tends to be more on the big, pretty liberal, left-wing side of things. You know, she can be pretty sensitive to mm-hmm. a lot of shit like that. But she likes my comedy regardless because... I do it in such a way where it's like nuanced, you know. At one point in time when I started, she hated it, thought it was totally offensive. Now it's become problematic, and she fucking <laughs> loves it, you know what I mean? Right. But I remember her watching your set and laughing her ass off when you're telling all these, you know, dick and fart jokes and the what about the, you know, the impersonating an officer where the officer pulls you over and says, how much you had to drink tonight? And you go, and then you... Like and then I tased him and called him the N word, whatever you know. And she was howling, and then she was like, and I was like, "You like this guy?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Yeah, he's been doing it a really long time. You should know." But she's like, "He should be I much could, better." She's like, than "I could tell." She's like, "Wow." <laughs> no, there will always be a market, even for a dinosaur, so long as the <laughs> truth <you>. is told <laughs> and the punch hits and pow. Because at some level of all of our psyches i think we have these awful thoughts pretend as though we might not and somebody that can tastefully elicit that from their minds into our consciousness it's like holy shit this is what we want we don't want the same guy pushing an agenda that's like ha 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 it depends man it's i I heard you saying that's for people that are paying attention People don't always pay attention. They'll hear one buzzword, and then all of a sudden they put up a freaking wall, and you're not going to, they're not even hearing what you're saying at that point. Right. But you, you know have to mean? stay confident and true in what you're doing anyway. I no, mean, I this know. is what, like. But it's just a matter of when you're done, when, you're, when your set's over, did you have a good set or not? You know, and is by and large, our audience is putting up with stuff like And I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to say putting up with. Do, do they. Like I said, do, or do they just get freaked out by buzzwords and then they don't, they're not paying attention after that? They like, I don't like this guy. He said whatever word or whatever term or whatever topic. You I know? think, yeah. It really depends. And I think there's times where even if you do set off, you know, some people, 
that's where like recovery jokes come into it and then you could just acknowledge like she was saying that Randolph said that oh yeah people are hating this now so I'm gonna acknowledge that right. and we'll work through this like a yeah. a therapy session or some kind but of I, thing but I will say if I'm looking out in the crowd before I'm getting ready to go on and yeah. I see it's yeah. largely female yeah. I'm like this probably isn't gonna go that well you know what I mean? There's no. So much of my stuff. It, not we all, all have. Dirty, but enough I mean, of it is. That happens with my stuff when I see yeah. a, an audience that's largely male. I'm like, oh, well, really? I'm going to talk about waxing, so yeah. they're not going to identify with this. So, yeah. you know, I feel like you just have to stay confident in the material. And I feel like stuff like the like what you do, you know, similar to like Jeselnik or even Nicole Walcow, who was here last week, like that sort of dark one-liner, dark, dirty one-liner type of comedy. I feel like on an open mic where you've got ten comics, if yeah. people aren't ready for that, it doesn't get the laughs it deserves necessarily. Like I see yeah. Nicole a lot, and Nicole's so funny, but sometimes because you have somebody who's really clean beforehand, yeah, she just doesn't get the laughs that she deserves because people aren't there yet. For that, like yeah. mentally, they're just not, and like she'll leave, and people will be like, "Wow, that was actually really funny." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some people are so shocked. Yeah. That they don't but I feel like if you stay confident and true to the material, like it will it will rise. I mean, you're gonna offend some people along the way. No yeah, what. that's sure. the whole thing. That's you gotta comedy. break a few eggs yeah. to make an omelet. I mean I had the greatest set at the improv four months ago and I got a working hosting weekend off of it like three weeks later, but I remember after the fucking show, I'm standing by the door, catching some handshakes, you know, I'm like strategically positioned, and there's just this one white bitch with short hair that just came and gave me the stank eye like she was going to say something slick. I made eye contact, and then she just jutted her gaze and walked out, and I was like, you know what? That's my egg that I'm crushing for this great omelet I just yeah. made that's going to translate into fucking yeah. 250 bucks. So fuck her. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to make these kind of, you know, cost-benefit analysis. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> As the CEO yeah. of PD Steel Comedy, you know. Right, right. I had one lady at McGooby's one weekend. I think I was working with Nikki. And... um didn't walk her. I didn't even know anything had happened until afterwards. The hostess told me that some lady came out and wanted to talk to the manager because I was, I was too much. But it was just one person. Mm-hmm. Know, yeah. yeah. But whatever. Um, I don't know if you know who who Ryan Hamilton is. Have you seen his special, Mister Happy Face or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. he's got that whole joke. He's a super clean comic, right. and mm-hmm. he has a whole joke where he makes fun of hot air balloons. And no, I don't know the he joke. had, yeah, he he has some jokes about hot air balloon, and he did them at a show. And, and someone some was pe- offended. <laughs> someone was a hot air balloon enthusiast. Ah, and talked to the producer Weird. after, and got upset. Wow! So even the cleanest of comics. There you go. Yeah. Offend someone. They thought it was like a fat shaming joke. Yeah. Hot air balloon. No, not even. It was just it, I forgot. No, what, I don't what, think what he the gets joke mean was. at all. No, he's that's the thing. He's like the cleanest, yeah. nicest. It was just somebody like, that was it, their pet hobby. It was, and it they was just literally hot air balloon. He crushed my world. Yeah. yeah. Oh Lord. Well, we definitely want to. Uh, Mention some things coming up here at the Draft House Comedy Theater this Thursday, the 16th. We have Jokes That Give Back, a benefit show for the ACLU of the District of Columbia, 7 p.m., uh, hosted by Becca Lundberg and Nikki Fuchs. Um, you can buy tickets at drafthousecomedy.com. Also, the same night, 8.45 p.m., 
my girl Frankie French hosting Broadway, all female comedy review. Great I am show on that show. Oh, so Elena's gonna be there. I don't understand the name. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, the seventeenth, we have Joe DeRosa at. 7 and 9 p.m., you know him from Comedy Central Inside, Amy Schumer and Chelsea Lately, uh, followed by the Attack of the Comics Comedy Show Weekly by my man Haywood Turnipsey Jr. No cover for that one show at 1045. Saturday night, Joe DeRosa again at 7 and 9 p.m. again, and then 1045, the 3GO open mic. Um I'm going to be at the fucking beach all that time, so any shit going to be popping with me, but um, you should definitely come through and kick it and friend us on Currents DC uh, on Twitter as well as Counter Currents on Facebook, Counter Currents DC on Instagram, and if you do, you got a chance to win some free tickets to That's Joe DeRosa. True. What do you say to that, huh? Three or four free pairs. We're giving them out. You just got to like our fucking page. You can unlike it afterward if you want to be slick and like it again the next week for the next show. What the fuck? It's all good. We just want to get some asses in the seats, get some people out there, come meet you, get to know you. You know, um, yeah, we love our fans. We do. That's what it is. Thank you guys for listening. And we love our guests as always. Thank you, Bill Monahan, yeah, for coming yeah. through. This was fun. Thank you. When ki- where can people get at you? Um, I, you know, I got a Facebook page, but that's <laughs> it. That's it. I mean, I, it? I have Instagram, but okay. all I do is look at girls. Okay. And uh, Jesus. That's, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. But uh, every guy yeah. is one of those guys. Yeah, let's I be know. honest. Yep. It's uh, pretty much true. Although I talked to a girl today, who was we were comparing our our viewing habits. Ah. And she was raunchier than me. I was surprised. Um, well, that's that's feminism, baby. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is for another show. Yeah. Em- empowerment. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to end the note on empowerment. Um, fuck Nazis. And yeah, seriously. Fuck Nazis wherever you are here in D.C. today. Everyone I hope you there? get the fuck out. Yeah, we could walk on down yeah, there and get in some fisticuffs. What the fuck? I came in from New York today, and I got off the bus in Union Station, and I saw a lot of police, no Nazis. Really? So I think that's, that's yeah, a plus somebody for was DC. Posting, yeah, that they, there weren't a whole lot. There, there yeah. was definitely more Oh, I saw a lot police of police. Than, than protesters. Yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm it seeing on IG right now. Well, I don't want to get my white tinks bloody, so yeah. I think we're going to yeah, uh, pretty sweet. chill out. Uh, but, yeah. Follow us. Thank you again, Bill Monahan, and peace. Later.